Good morning. Welcome to the Bond Sunday Morning Services. Thank you so much for being a part of it. I absolutely appreciate it. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. You can get involved in this discussion by calling 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND, or email me, church at bondinfo.org, church at bondinfo.org, and put your name in town, name in town, name in town, name in town on your emails about discuss, uh, what we're discussing today, or if you have questions from last week. It is really crowded in here today. Good morning. Good morning. Reserve seats only, huh? <laughs> How's everybody? Um, I was, I'm excited about being here today because last week we had a very interesting discussion about uh, um, do not lay up your treasures on earth because if you do, that's where you I left out that part. That's where your heart is. Remember that discussion last week? And I know you guys thought about it all week, right? Yeah, yeah. So you thought about it? <laughs> Not at all. It was so interesting. Anybody have any questions about it? About the last week discussion? Yes. Yes, sir. Okay. It's, uh, I realize it may be kind of confusing, but when they when you when when it is mentioned that you should not lay off your uh, treasures on this earth, uh, people always always confuse uh, get confused by, uh, just by the car, uh, physical uh, tre yeah. treasures. Yeah. But it seems like they have very little emphasis emphasize the uh, treasures of your ego. That is. That's right, man. And that's what a lot of people don't realize in Matthew. Uh, 6, verse 16 through 18, no, I'm sorry, 19 to 21, do not store up treasures for yourself on earth where moth and, and wood worms, worms, worms destroy them and thieves can break in and steal. Do, uh, but store up treasures for yourself in heaven where neither moth nor wood worms destroy them and thieves cannot break in and steal. For wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be too. And a lot of people do, they, they think of it as material things. Your house, your money, your job, and that, that kind of thing. But it goes beyond that. It definitely goes beyond that. And a lot of people are suffering because they're not realizing that they are made a person or a thing so important to them that their heart is there too. And that, that person can control them and destroy their lives because they don't realize what they're doing. Isn't that amazing? I never thought of, of it as putting my treasure into a woman, for an example. And I used to date a lot, and when we would break up, it would be painful. I couldn't eat, couldn't sleep, couldn't pray, couldn't nothing. But it didn't, I didn't know I was putting my heart into that woman, my treasure there. And so when the relationship ended, it's like I lost everything. Anybody ever gone through that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, but we don't see it that way because we've never been taught that that's what was going on. You could put it in anything because it's really putting your faith into it. And, 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 and um, physical things are not going to last because it's in a cycle anyway. It's constantly changing. Relationships are changing all the time. Everything physical is changing. But the love of God is never changing. It's always the same. That makes sense? Yeah. Any questions about it? No? Now, remember I asked were there any questions. So this means you guys didn't even, nobody thought about this over the week, right? Yeah. You thought about it, Patrick? Uh, no, not that much. Really? How about you? Yes, sir. Well, I wanted to, you know, know how you change your, 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 your goals instead of, because when you see you're locked into that cycle of, of wanting to, uh, uh, wanting to get all you can to, you know, to build your, to build yourself up in your own eyes, um, how do you, how do you like go about changing that so that you do desire the, the real treasures? Yeah. Good question. Yes, sir. 
Can I speak to that? Uh, Did you raise your hand? Yeah, the, the desire to change, to me, causes the problem. I've been kind of recognizing lately, just seeing life is just great by itself. We always add on to that. And I, I've been trying to make change in my life, and have changed in many ways, but I also notice there's a lot of problem with trying to make a change. It, it brings on a lot of heart, heartache and extra uh, pressure and stuff. Trying to make, I mean, just, how about just, this is what it is. You know, instead of trying to go somewhere, it's like, I, I just feel a little more comfortable now just being where I'm at. Instead of trying to go to something, I'm trying to be on some journey to change and to be somebody else. It causes a problem. And so how do you change that, though? Because he want to know how do you change that cycle of being connected with other things or even putting your heart into people, yeah. places, and things. But it just seems How like do you not do that kind of stuff? There's too much emphasis, to me, placed on changing, though. Like, okay, I want to be different, but there, there seems like there's an unnatural desire to change, even. I mean, like, you know how the devil can, can be into everything? It seems like the devil is also into this desire to change thing, too. And he makes it more stressful. That's what I see. It seemed like the devil was into the desire to change things if you're into changing. Like, I want to change. I oh, want I a better life. So, but he, like, seems to, like, hitchhike onto that, take too. Take your husband keys away. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but the devil seems to hitchhike onto that bus, too. You know, yeah. the like, desire to change bus. Oh, and yeah. he messes yeah. it up. So the moment you say, I want to change, then the devil get busy giving you ways of changing. Right. That doesn't really change you. Right. Uh, very good point. All right. Very good point. Let me counter that weak point. Very, very good point. Let him counter the weak point. <laughs> but the devil does get busy. The moment you say, I'm going to change, and he starts giving you ideas, change your job, change this, change that, uh, whatever. He absolutely does. Because you can't make that decision, right? We'll get to that. Let me see what he want to challenge. Very good question, too. Well, you, you really do see uh, what's going on. I, I see that what's been holding me back is, is not because, you know, uh, it, it, it's because I, when it comes to where the rubber meets the road, the pain of changing, then I can hardly handle that, you know, uh, as soon as it gets a little rough, you know, because when you get, when, when, when you want to change, you start facing the truth, and the truth brings on, like, pain against what your ego's doing. Right. And I can hardly, I hardly have been able to go in, last against that pain. I would just, like, fall back. And, uh... Um, because so, you're so connected to that pain. Yeah, exactly. Um, what, what the problem is, is... Your, your ego is attached to this thing, and that's your savior. That's your God. And so it doesn't want to let go of that God, you know, and that's where the problem is. But, and you think that is you, but it's really not you. It's your spirit that's made a home inside of you. And it lives off your pride, your ego. It lives off things, people, places, and things. And the moment you try to change that, you've got this fight going on. First of all, you can't change it anyway. And that's where the first mistake is, is when you try to switch from one to another one. Like I would try to switch. In order for me to leave one woman, I would have to find another one first and then break up, you know, break up with this one by sliding into this other one. You know what I mean? <laughs> but that wasn't, that's my ego driving me because it could not stand to be alone, couldn't stand to live without something to attach yeah. itself to. I remember having the same strategy. Uh, if you have three women, you yeah. lose one, you have a buffer of two, that you get time to get that third, another third one. Right. You know, and yeah. so you're never, you're never, you never last. You're never, that's you're right. never by it, yourself. You're never alone then. That's right. The ego cannot stand Alone, it can't stand because if it's stand alone, the light is shining on it, and it's going to die. It has to hide it or attach itself to something. And I only said three because it just takes some time to add that third sometimes, and, and you could lose the second. Then you're down to one, 
and you know, that, well, you, could, you could be facing some serious pain. Well, the way like you I can said, do I've it, as a, soon as you see this one about to end, you rush and find another one. Yeah, well, so. Russians still may not get it as quickly as... Oh, well, I never had that problem. <laughs> well, <laughs> welcome to my world. Eh? Yeah, Pat. Um, that, this point that you guys are talking about is so important, though, because he's trying to make a change with a weak element with this, with the ego trying to make the change. Yeah. Ego can't make the change. He cannot make but the change. The, the, the devil fools you into thinking that your ego is, is capable of changing. Yeah. It's not possible, but you can't take a weak ego and have, let's say you want to talk about, let's say you want to be more courageous, you want to speak up more or something like this. You can try to do all sorts of crazy things with your ego yeah. uh, nature and speak up more, but you'll end up being a fool. But you, you, there comes a certain point where you realize you can't do it the right way out of that false personality. Right. You just can't do it. It's not, you, it's not... Of yourself, you can do nothing. You can't do it. Because it's all spiritual. What about the scriptures that say, uh, take up your cross, your pain, and follow me? Good one. I'm glad you brought that one up. I'm, I'm ready. Wayne want to respond to that first. Okay. Help me out. And we talked about dying at the cross. How, how do you die at the cross? Remember? How many people have an ego? You have this pride about you. Okay. And how many of you believe in God? Okay. You're a liar and the truth ain't in you. <laughs> because you cannot believe in God with that prideful ego. And let me tell you why. And then I'll let you answer the question, Wayne. Because pride, ego, is the nature of your father, the devil. That's his nature that's made a home inside of you. And so that's why it is so easy for him to deceive you because you're one with this nature. And he can come and look like a friend to you. He can talk to you in your voice. He can tell you when you're doing wrong, he can tell you that you're doing right and make you believe that you're doing right because you're connected with him. That is his nature that's in you. And that's what you're trying to overcome. And, and I don't want to take it any further until I can get some feedback. Because I don't want to just preach at you. I want you to know this too, because the same God that is revealing it to me will reveal it to you if you truly seek first the kingdom of God in his right way. If you think on these things rather than all week thinking about what you got to wear, where you got, what you got to eat, where you got to sleep, and all that kind of stuff. He wants you to think on these things so he can reveal to you what's going on in your life. And once he reveals it to you, you're free from it just like that. But you can't be a child of God and a child of the devil. You can't have two natures. You can't serve both. You either love one or hate the other. And so pride, this ego thing, is the nature of the devil. And next week I'll tell you how you got it, where it came from. Anyone disagree with that? That is the nature of the devil? If you notice, there's no happiness in it at all, none. You have a temporary moment of pleasure, but it doesn't last. That's not peaceful. That's not happiness. But it, it, just know you're of your father, the devil. How many Christians we have here? <laughs> Did they all leave? <laughs> now, disagree with me if you don't agree so we can, that way it'll help me to see how you see things and we can fellowship and get it right. Anybody disagree with that? So how did you guys change your mind so quick? Well, you explained it. Oh, okay. And it makes sense? Yes. That's what you're trying to overcome. That's what God wants. It's a spirit that made a home inside of you. And it lives off of anger, by the way. It lives off of resentment, judging yourself and others. And, and that's why when you, don't, when you get to a point where you repent and don't judge then this thing has no life to live off and it has to go because it has nothing to live from. Okay, Wayne, what's, what's the answer? I don't have the answer. What was the question? I don't have the question. What was the question? <laughs> I forgot the question. I forgot too. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> You're glad about that, huh? Can you have an ego no. and believe in God? No, that wasn't the question. That wasn't the question. Oh, how do you die at the cross? Yeah. How did the Bible say pick up your cross and walk? Right. right. How do you do that? Very, if you can understand that, folks, 
we can end in 10 minutes out and then take up a real nice, healthy collection offer and go home. If, if you can understand that point, how do you die at the cross? You don't have an answer. And so it means that you have not died at the cross yet. Uh, apparently I haven't. And so you still operate from your ego nature. <clears throat> Maybe. I don't know. You're not sure? I'm not sure. You don't know yourself? Uh, I have to think about this. Just... It is so important that you know yourself. You'll be surprised how no good you are. <laughs> when I got to know myself, I was shocked at how no good I am. I'm like, well, I thought I was a good, decent person. But it, and I'll tell you about that in a minute. It was interesting. But you got to know yourself. But the ego makes you pretend that you're wonderful, that you're good, and, and that your intent, your intent is good. I don't know five people with good intent. Isn't that amazing? In other words, it changes. It could change you very quickly. It does change. As soon as the situation changes, the intent changes. Because the intent is of the devil, too. To make you, you look good. Uh-huh. Isn't that amazing? Even with your children. If you're not born again, all of your intent with your children is for you and not your kids. And to make you look good, make you feel better. And you say, oh, it's for my kids. No, it's not. It's all for you, but if you don't know yourself, you don't see that that's what's going on. Because the ego will cover up truth and only allow you to see a lie, which appears to be true. You, 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 made, you had a question. I, forgot, I told you to hold on to it. What was it? Can you be selfish when you meditate? No, when, after that, when we, I said, I'll come back to you, I'm going to him. You forgot it, huh? <clears throat> Died at the cross. Um, you wanted to tell, help him out on that? Oh, let me ask you, this is your first time here, right? Yes. Do you know what it means to die at the cross? This young not man needs. Not necessarily. Oh, okay. Um, how about you, in the blue shirt? Can you help this, this sinner that needs to pick up his cross? Uh, no. You can't help him either. How about you? I can't hear you. No, I don't. You can't help him either. Well, it looks like you're going to have to suffer. But <laughs> no help around here. <laughs> you go, you're going to have to go straight to the Lord on this one. Are you able to help him in the white no. sweater? You can't help him either? Um, you can help him? Uh, possibly. Have you died at the cross? I feel like I die every day. <laughs> That's what Paul said. So have, are you dying at the cross every day? I always feel, uh, I always feel like I'm di uh, dying, uh, dying something every day because I always make a mess of everything. Oh, that's why you feel like you're dying? Yes. Give me an example of what you mean. Okay. Have you ever made uh, made a mistake, uh, mistake so big? Uh, so big, people still talk to you, uh, talk about it for years to come. <laughs> yeah, Bill Clinton did the same thing. He <laughs> 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 was still talking about it. <laughs> uh, well, person. Uh, when but that's realize. not a good example because people, no matter what, they're still going to remember your past and talk about you anyhow. That's not an example of dying at the cross. How about remembering and uh, remembering all your sins, all your uh, evil shortcomings? They'll do that too. Huh? People will do that. And he's doing it too. Are you remembering your, your, your sins too? Yes, I am. Oh, I see. Well, then you're not dying at the cross then. Uh, well, uh... The only way you can die is to uh, let go of your sins? Yes. Did you know that God doesn't remember your sins? It's only the devil that reminds you of them. And you remember them because he's kind of reminding you about it, to put guilt on you, to control you, and to kill you. 
I began, uh, began to be aware of it because, uh, ha well, let me put it this way. Have you ever remembered, so uh, remembered something you did, uh, you did that was uh, embarrassed, uh, embarrassing and wish you, know, wish you should have known better? Yes. I've done that. Yes. How did you react to that? Just let it pass. Nothing I could do about it. It happened then, it was done, and it, I was blind and couldn't see. So I didn't hold it against myself. And then it was something I needed to apologize to the person for. I would go to them and apologize. You know, I remember this happening. I really am sorry. I was wrong. That's about it. That's all you need to do. And if you're tempted to believe you're going to have to do something more. Don't, don't do it. Resist temptation. Make sure you come to our men's meeting, okay? I'll see if I, uh, I can. Are you, are, you, are you able to, we meet once a month on Thursday nights. Thursday nights, uh, so the, the, the first, first Thursday, Thursday of every month. Yeah. Because you got some issues that I don't want to bring out in this room in front of the ladies. I am just So sure. come. The first time you can come on a Thursday so we can help you get past this stuff. Okay, I'll, I'll definitely see if I can uh, come. Okay. Uh, come. All right. Yes, Jeff? You had your hand? Yeah. Uh -huh. um, to me, like the diet, the cross, you have to be like bad off to really, really, really want it. Seems like you can't like be, have a good life and die at the cross. Oh, that's an interesting statement. Yeah. Like you can't be comfortable in life. Yeah, seems like a... I guess that's what, that's what, at this way I see it, that's the way it seems like why it's, I can't do it, because I'm not like, you know. You're like really real happy. Or anything, like really bad, you know. Oh, I see. So you can't die at the cross because you're real, life is good. <laughs> good marriage, good everything, kids are fine. Well, he, you gonna die at the cross, bro. <laughs> it's such an excellent point, though. Like, I don't want that. I mean, I don't want it to be like that. I don't want to go have to go down that far. Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't. Yeah. What, I don't know what God was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way I think about it. But why couldn't you consider it a blessing? I mean, I, mean, I think what she's saying is you're blessed. You, you consider yourself blessed. Right. So, Very good point. You, you know, a lot of people think well, I have to be at my lowest point to, to find the true me. Uh, but when you're blessed, you think, you know, well, yeah, I'm... I'm um, must be doing what God think is, is appropriate. Right. So, you know, why why stop now? I mean, why do I have to bear it all? You know, at that yeah. point, you, you know, you you I can see that. I can see where she's, you know, because you hear people say, well, you know, I'm blessed. I can help others. It's like I've conquered this. Right. You know, it's not necessarily the truth, but that's the way that's acceptable in society. Right. You, you accomplish these things, and most of them are material things, and they say, well, that person is blessed. They do so, measure it by that. Yeah. They, they absolutely do. Yeah. Yes, sir. I'm not measuring by that. I mean, I know I'm, 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 I think I'm blessed, but I know I'm not, like, with God. But I don't want to go have Why do you say you're not with him? Because um, I'm not, like, at that, that peaceful, perfect place. Oh. So. You're not, you don't have peace within. Yeah. Okay. And you think that in order to die at the cross, you may have to give up all your good stuff to do it. Yeah. And go down and then you have do to, it. Like everything has to be like, you know, you have to be like, start like from scratch. Oh, okay. <laughs> Very I mean, good I don't point. think I have to like give up everything. I'm thinking like, you know, just bad things have to come upon me to make me want to, you know, just let go, let God. Well, some people are stubborn like that. They have to end up on skid row before they cry out to God. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking like, see, like that's what's going to have to happen, but I don't want. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's a, a, a lie from the devil. Yeah. God doesn't want, well, Rhonda, you want to say something? It's the same thing, it's just our false sense of our peace. Yes. We don't have, we have, we don't have complete peace, so it's the devil making us think that we have this temporary, like you already said, yeah. temporary peace of mind, but it's not, it's only temporary, so yeah. that's what's fooling us and to stay in that same space. I hear a lot of people say, oh, they get up in church and they witness. Mm -hmm. 
And by the way, you can call in at 800-411-2663, 800-411-BOND, or email church at bondinfo.org. They get up in church and they witness, oh, the Lord blessed me today. I, I had $1 left in my purse, a wallet, and out of nowhere, somebody gave me $10. I am blessed. Or, oh, I used to be an alcoholic, then I came to the Lord, and now I'm not an alcoholic, I just smoke weed, and I'm blessed. <laughs> he took away the alcohol. I'm blessed. Um, blessings is something, I mean, physical things is something that, are things that we should appreciate, but it's not the proof of being blessed. It's really not. Because physical things come and go in a cycle anyway. They're here today and gone tomorrow, which means that your happiness is going to be up or down. So you really cannot and should not measure it on what you have or don't have. And when she come back in the room, I'll finish up, so she asked a question. Anybody else can relate to what she's saying? Yeah. I just, I'm wondering if you have to, what she was saying, do you have to hit rock bottom right. to get there? Or is it okay to be, I, I'm, I'm with her, I feel blessed. Yes. And there's a lot of, and I'm coming here, and I, and there's nothing. I mean, I feel that that's tragic or anything in my life where I'm hitting rock bottom. I'm just getting closer to God, right? My own means without having hit rock bottom. So is that what she means? Yeah, she want to know: Can you die at the cross? Can you become a child of God without having to hit rock bottom? Or yeah, uh, drama or anything. Right. Like that. What, what do you say to that? Uh, very hard one. Very hard one. Yeah. These, these things are things that we should be thinking about in our lives. This is like what we should be, our focus should be on. Yes, right. We have to be like Abraham. We have to be willing to hit rock bottom. We have to be willing to sacrifice everything to have that peace. Do you mean by humble? Be humble? Well, whatever it takes, you know, to... to to get that total peace, which is everlasting, you have to be willing to sacrifice everything. It doesn't mean you have to. Right. We shouldn't be worried about what we have to sacrifice. What do you say to that? Do you have to hit rock bottom in order to be born? Well, rock bottom can be reaching the top. Like a lot of these um, you know, stars and celebrities, they, they reach the very top, but that's actually rock bottom because when they reach the top, they see what it's really all about, yeah. and then they can't handle that truth. That yeah. they, you know, and, and that's their rock bottom. So you're right, the, the physical blessing is not really the blessing. Yeah. It's, it's, it, it, the rock bottom is at the top or the bottom. And it's just not being able to handle the truth. And, um, you know, I mean, I can think seriously all week long about serious, deep stuff. And if, and if someone throws a piece of silver out there on the street, I'll fight to go get it, you know, or, or if a woman passes by, I'll be, you know, carried away by that, you know, yeah. and it's that hypocrisy that, that is unnerving, you know, it's, yeah. that's the part about, about me that uh, I don't like to see, uh, and the pain that, it, that that brings is what, you know, I run from. And so your answer is no, you don't have to hit rock bottom? No, well, you do, but it, it can be at either end. You can finally get all you want or think you get all you want and then realize that it doesn't fulfill you or, you know, you lose all that, that you wanted and you find out that, you know, you didn't have peace either way. All right. And so the answer is no, you don't have to hit rock bottom to find no, out. No, you don't physically you do? have to hit rock bottom. No. You don't? No, you can oh, just okay. be satisfied and then one day wake up and you're not satisfied with it anymore. All right. Okay. Yeah, Pat. I think it was this discussion of... Uh, dying of the cross, I mean, we use words and they can connotate certain things and then people think this is what it means because it has this word dying in it and it sounds so dramatic and so forth. Right. But it doesn't have to be a dramatic thing just because the word dying is used. You know, it's, it's like... That's a good point. To me, the glimpses that I get of, of, of dying of the cross are like... Uh, Life, ha life happens when I'm connected to actually reality. It's easy and there's no thought about it. There's no weakness, there's no anger, there's no anything. There's just a direct connection to something that's moving and telling me things. But, but as my, I go into thoughts about things, I miss it. I'm thinking about this. I'm, 
I'm thinking about, we're talking earlier about, thinking about things to be, uh, to act right, so forth. And I know I've missed it then because when I pop out of that, or even he may be speaking about, I'm having deep thoughts about such and such all week long. That can be a problem because if it's coming out of your thoughts, it's not necessarily a real revelation. It's just I'm thinking about, you know, spiritual things makes me spiritual. I'm sorry, what do you mean by you're having deep thoughts? Well, I, I will be like all week in, interested in what, you know, the truth is about things. And, I, you know, when, when Pat was just talking, I, I, I realized that um, um, just now that um, this this truth that I say, think is bringing on my pain actually isn't. Because when I finally do get to the truth of something, it actually frees me up and releases me. The, 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 the truth right. does. And so I've, I've been going through life mistaking that the truth, the way the devil presents it to me, is what's been you know, causing me pain and, and suffering and everything. Because when I, when I sit down or I talk to someone who, who understands things, or who has a better understanding than me, and, and we come to a... A, a truth about something, it actually, like I said, causes, uh, uh, causes me to calm down and, and, and actually helps me. It doesn't cause me the pain. How many people have deep thoughts during the week? <laughs> <laughs> Very good question. Yes. But I mean, isn't it more like a spiritual uh, deadening or awakening, you know, when you wake into something spiritually, it's like all of a sudden you just kind of see it and it's like, oh, salvation. enlightenment or something. Salvation is an awakening. Right. It, 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 it's a coming out of the darkness into the light. So it is an awakening instead of you're already dead. Right. So you want to become alive. Right. You want to live. You want to wake up and live. So it is an awakening. The mind of God, you become one with that which allows you to see. I, um, because of time, anybody have any questions about this? Richard, yeah, Pat? Well, see, the thing is, you do see things that come up, but I, I know I've been guilty of it, and I'm sure he has and other people have. They talk about the devil riding with the bus, you know, the devil hops on and goes. You see something, great, it's freeing, but then all of a sudden your mind picks up onto that, and now you're thinking in deep thought about this revelation. And then you start thinking about something else. And it all feels like it's righteous because it's about some deep thing. But you're actually in your head somewhere and you're not even conscious. I've had that happen many times. Yeah, that's a good point. Deep thought is not about thinking on. When you're like going around just thinking about deep stuff. Because when God reveals things to you, the things that you can't see, when he reveals them to you, there is no thinking about it. It just is. It's a, it, you know, it just, it's clear and you... You're free from whatever it is, but there's no more thinking about it at all. And you need to be careful with the thinking because that's where the devil lives. Yeah. He, he'll take, and it's interesting too, how he'll take anything and just use it against you. He'll, he'll take deep thought, and now you go around thinking deep. But you're really thinking devil. Where God's stuff is just an awakening, it's a freeing up, it's a consciousness, it's one mind with him. That makes sense to you. I'm sorry. <laughs> I wasn't even listening. You're a deep thought. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Probably something, probably something deep. Did you have your hand away? Yeah. So are you saying dying at the cross is an awakening? Yes. Absolutely. It's kind of if what he was saying earlier. Uh, well, let, me, let me give you this out. Yes, sir, Ms. No, no. Yes, ma'am. Um, when you say deep thought, does that cycle analyzing everything? Yes. That's what, okay, that's... That's what they call deep thought, yeah. but it's devil thought. That's devil thought. Because just think about it. Of ourselves, we know nothing. Is it like judging, right, when you're doing psychoanalysis? That's right. You're kind of judging. You're judging and you're, you are making decisions An about the analyzing issue. Analyzing it. Yes, ma'am. Okay, all right, I get and that. And people call that deep thought. God said that our thoughts are not his thoughts at all. We can't even begin to think of what he is thinking about or is. It's, we can't even comprehend it. It has to be revealed to us. And so even deep thought or deep thinking is analyzing and judging and making decisions. Mm -hmm. And it comes straight out of hell. And it doesn't change anything for the good. 
So what's best is just to come out of love. Yes. And to accept and see and things out of love instead of the deep thought. Instead of the deep thought. You cannot have a relationship with your imagination. The mind is a terrible thing to say. <laughs> it is your enemy all the way. Absolutely your enemy. There's another way of seeing things. Right. It really is. And it is out of love, but you've got to be born into that love, away from the hatred that you have in your heart. And that's what is difficult for most people, to allow themselves to be born into this love, into this mind of God, and then he will reveal himself to you. And it's, it's interesting, I almost said weird, but it's interesting how that is. Yes, sir? Yeah, I was going to say, you can even have an insight, a revelation, and even that's not good enough. I know sometimes there's a temptation to kind of contemplate on those things and just kind of hang on to it, you know, instead of just having the insight and letting it go. And, uh, yeah. you know, you can kind of hang on to it thinking, oh, that's a deep <laughs> concept or deep thought. But yeah. like you said, it's dangerous because you're just playing, playing a game with See, it. See, our battle is a spiritual battle. It's, we are not in control. We are absolutely not in control of anything. Really, really not in control. And so you got this good and evil battle against each other, and it may, the evil make you think whatever, and the truth will make you think whatever. But it's all depending on where you are and what that you serve. You are not in control of anything. You don't know nothing, you don't know anything, and you're not in control of anything. None of us. Isn't that amazing? Now, how do you accept that concept that you're not in control? Because the ego wants to believe it's in control. I'm in control of my own life. Nobody made me do anything. I can do what I want. That's a lie. Yes, sir. Uh, in summary, in dying at the cross, so I wasn't here that Sunday. You did the lecture. Right. And you're saying, be still to know. And you're also saying, uh, no judgment, no criticism, no resentment. And in that stillness is where the, the light comes in, sh shine on you, or give you the, the revelation that you need to know in the moment that you need to know it. And then by saying that. When you, when you, see, what God wants you to do, he wants you in that little still moment where he can come in and present. Yes. He want, in that still moment, it's not in your head, it's not in anything. It's just in that little quick, quiet space where he can come in. That's why when you pray, Instead of hooping and hollering and carrying on, he wants you to calm down so that moment of separation from the not you, the ego can appear and he will come in and save you. I understand. Just like that. That's why it doesn't take him but a second. The problem is getting the ego to calm down because we've been trained from day one to overreact to everything, to be busy doing, reading the Bible, yep, yep, yep. praying and carrying on, or going to school for this, or going to, you know, we've been so trained that way, it's hard for him to get you to go into your prayer closet, shut up and know him. And then when you get in there and be quiet, the ego is having a fit. And it feel like you're going to die. You feel bored. You feel like nothing. You feel like, wow. Because it can't handle that quiet space that separates it from you. And that's where it is. Yes. I, I never, this laying up treasures thing, I always took it literally too. When Raymond said that at the beginning, that was really yeah. powerful because I never even thought of it. But I see as we're in the meeting here that I've laid up all sorts of mental treasures for myself and holding on to them. And yeah. You know what I mean? That's right. You laid up, give me an example. Of one. Just thoughts, you know, a deep thought. Like Raymond's talking about, you know, holding on to something, thinking yeah. there's value. It's almost like, wow, this is such a, this is gold right here and I'm going to kind of stash this away in my pocket and hold yeah. on to it and use it as I need to to get out of trouble or whatever. People take the Bible and they lay up treasure in it. And then they go around and pounce on everybody with the scriptures. Well, the Lord, I had some, a dumb woman to call me with the Bible on Thursday. A very interesting discussion about uh, this professor did a study on if children can recognize good and evil uh, when they're six months old. So he and I are having a very interesting discussion about it. Some angry, dumb woman called in, and I'm thinking she's going to have a good question, and she just quoted scriptures. I mean, just with this nasty attitude and called the man a name. I'm like, that was the devil. 
you know, but her treasure is laid up in the Bible and not, and her heart is there too, but God is nowhere near. And so she believes in the Bible. She doesn't believe in God. She doesn't have that love that you were talking about because her treasure is laid up in that, but she doesn't recognize it as that. And someone can come along and shake her world just like that. Right. They can get her angry. They can make her doubt what she's saying is right because her treasure is not in God. It's in the Bible. When Jesus said, uh, cut off, if your eye offendeth you, or hand offendeth you, cut it off, is that what that means there? That like something becomes, I don't know, I notice in my life there's things that become too important, and I feel like they have to be kind of like let go, because if yeah. you hold on to them, they kind of weigh you down and take you underwater. Yeah, I, if I had been able to make it to Georgia because she would call it from Georgia, I would have cut her tongue off. <laughs> 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 I would have gotten rid of that thing, that's for sure. <laughs> Let me just share this with you. Yes, sir. I'd like to ask you this. Um, in the book of James, chapter 1, verse 14 and 15, right? Mm -hmm. He says that, um, but each one is tempted when he is drawn away by sin, by, by his own desires and enticed. Each one yeah. is drawn away when he is desired. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it's full grown, brings, birth, brings forth death. I notice that I have this desire that every fourth or fifth or third thought is about this desire. And it's like I had to, I had to open my mouth and apologize to God for having this, like, this desire that supersedes anything, you know, that's just on me. Yeah. And uh, well, I don't know what to do about that thing. All you need to do is watch it, be aware of it, and, and let it... That's like, that's what taking on your cross, up your cross and dying. You see these things about yourself and you just don't resent it. You don't judge it over. You don't make a decision about it. You don't excuse it. You just see it and then God will work it out. But most people can't see. It's seeing who you really are. An example, and because of time. And I was thinking about this this week and I wanted to share it with you guys. 21 years ago, I, um, you know, I've kind of been trying to figure out this thing with God for a while, right? Because I read in the Bible that if you're a child of God, you're supposed to have peace. And I've always wondered, what is it like to live on earth as a child of God? And I didn't see good examples around me because everybody seemed to be suffering, unhappy, lost, all in the name of Jesus. So I always wanted to know. And so, long story short, 20 years ago, I asked God to let me see myself. You know. Because I would read the Bible, I was going to church, and I wasn't happy. I had conflict. And so I asked to let me see myself. And then out of nowhere, he showed me myself. I'm up in the morning getting dressed. I looked in the mirror, and I just saw evil. I saw the worst of the worst. I didn't even see this physical body. It's like I saw beyond that. And I was just absolutely no good. And I was going to church at that time, and and giving a lot of money. And I used to go to Christian Christian Center. I was going there at the time. I worked on the men publicity committee. I gave money. I gave my half of my, you know, 10% of my taxes. And yet I was just no good. I wasn't happy. I didn't have peace. So I asked him to let me see myself. And I know where he allowed me to see. And then right after that, I heard another preacher say, when you pray, just be still and know the truth. You know, just be quiet. And I didn't know what to expect, but I wanted whatever going to help me. So I went home, I sat down, and right away, I could see in another way. I saw my resentment. And I had never really seen my resentment before, my anger. And, and then also, when he allowed me to see my anger, he also caused me to repent of that. To be, I felt really sorry about it, sad about it but not like a, a normal, a worldly sadness. It wasn't like, you know how you do something wrong and you feel bad about it? It wasn't that kind of sadness. It was a sadness that he made me feel. He caused me to feel when I could see that I was a very judgmental person. Excuse me. And when I saw that, I realized that I had to apologize first to my mother and father for resenting them, especially my mother, because I also realized that my mother can, and all this is just happening at the flash. I mean, it was just happening. And it wasn't happening like fast. It was just happening. 
you know, I was, it's like a movie or something. I realized, wow, I hate my mother, and I, and I need to apologize. I realized I need to apologize. When I apologized to her, in that very, I guess in that moment, he set me free. And he caused me to live uh, a, a timeless life, a life that is not a judgment, is not of decision-making, is not of worry, is not of doubt, is not of fear. It's like a magical life, for lack of a better word. It's like, because I didn't even know you could see in that way. I didn't know there was another way of seeing life. And so he caused me to, to, because he allowed me to see, he also caused me to live by that. And now, and I was thinking of this this week, it, it's interesting how my life is. Now, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, all right? I may wake up a bomb on the street, I don't know. But for the last 21 years, it's just been like magic. It's like, I could see in another way. Now, I see the thoughts coming too, but they're not a part of me anymore. It's like I've been set apart from that. And I, at one point, was so one with my imagination. And everything I did was based on what I thought first. The way I treated people, the way I treated myself, uh, the job I got, whatever. It was based on thoughts. It was based on decision making. But he has set me apart from that and allowed, he just, he has it all laid out already. And so I, I can't go into tomorrow, and I can't go into, and even if I attempt it, if, if the temptation come to go into tomorrow, I can see that temptation and it just you know, whiz on by. It's not even a battle anymore because he has me in the now. He has me living right now. And it is amazing what happens right now. It is and what happens right now is better than what you think going to happen tomorrow or what happened in the past. It is real. It is, it is life. And then, so he got me spiritually connected with him by allowing me to see. And, and, and then over the years, he added so much to me in the physical world as well. And I look around and all this stuff is just there. It just, I don't know how it came, but it's just there. So you just live within the moment. I just live in the moment. And I can't help it because no expectation, no comparing yourself to one another or to others, no, uh, no planning about my life. And when I say planning, now there are uh, schedules you have to lay out, you know, things you want to build and do. But that's not planning your life. That's just planning a material thing you need to do. But there's a, a, a timeless, peaceful life that he wants you to live from, and it's from here and not here. It's not from here at all. The battle is here, and it doesn't like the battle here. And that's where he wants you to live from. And it is perfect love. It's out of love. Because once you wake up, it is a, this awakening that takes place is all love. You can't hate your enemy. You can't hate your friends. You're not attached to anybody or anything. And yet we're all one with him, those who are with him. But it's so interesting. And like, I can't even help myself. Just as I was subject to my imagination, I am now subject to this way of living. And, but I had to, he had to calm me down. And, oh, and so when you think on things, it's not like, don't tell yourself you're going to go into deep thought because the devil is going to use deep thought against you. He will. He'll make you think that you're thinking deep. But you, you, want a, you want to live a life of realization. You want to observe life and not try to create life. Live a life of a, you know, I gave a talk yesterday morning, and uh, it was amazing how I couldn't feel what I was saying or the spirit behind what I was saying at all. And it's like that all the time. And the people were just getting it. You know, they were touched by it. They were encouraged. It made them see themselves, things that were wrong with themselves. And it was, it was weird seeing that. You know, it's interesting seeing that. But it's not me. It's the Father that lives in me. And he lives in everybody, but most people won't let go of the devil so it can come about. 
you got to be willing to die. And then Diane, it's like God said, be ye perfect as he is perfect, right? Once you wake up, then you start to see it. Now you're overcoming. You're not repeating things. You're not doing it over anymore. You're just seeing things about yourself, and you're just overcoming. And you're living your life. Yes, ma'am. So we have to stay. Oh, you don't have to. You you don't have to. You really don't have to suffer for what I'm selling you to. The only people who suffer to receive this are, are, are ego-driven people. They just don't want to let go of that pride, and so they they have to suffer more and suffer more and suffer more until they cry out to God. Because when He woke me up, I owned a janitorial service at the time. I, I had seven people working for me. I. Uh, so I was doing pretty good financially, you know, so I didn't have to go poor or broke, but I just had this desire to want to be a son of God because in the Bible it says that we can be that, and then I had no peace, and I wanted peace. So I didn't have to go broke, but I believe that if my relationship with my material things were wrong, I, may would, I would have had to give those things up, change relationship with them in order to... I had to be willing to let it go in order to receive salvation. And so maybe that's why some people have to go broke because they have the wrong relationship with things and people and places. And that's necessarily talking about just going broke, just like, you know, just losing everything. I'm sorry? I, I wasn't necessarily just talking about just going broke. I was just thinking like losing everything, like losing everything. I don't know what you mean. Like you, like you lose your family, lose like everything. You just oh, like, no, you don't have to do that because if you sit still and pray, you're going to start seeing your relationship with your family. And God doesn't want you to even have the wrong relationship with family. Family is not God. Family is here today and gone tomorrow. He really wants you to have the perfect love so that you can be an example in your family so he can shine on your family and protect and guide your family. And that way you have the right relationship with your family. And so one day if your husband wake up and decide, you know what? I don't like being here anymore. I found a woman on the corner. <laughs> You're like, okay, bye. <clears throat> See you. It won't, you. You won't lose your life over it. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So. I, yeah, I couldn't see myself losing my life over that anyway. Oh, you wouldn't lose your life over that anyway? It's because he would lose his life or? No, I said, it means like he didn't care about me anyway, so why should I? I'm sorry? It would mean like he didn't care about me anyway, so why should I lose my life over that? Oh. I mean, it had to be something like. It had to be something real important. Uh. Not a husband. <laughs> <laughs> What's important to you? How you do? I'm wondering how do I? I can't make myself really want it. Right. And I was wondering, like, I don't know, like you have to like just stay in the moment, like, and let God come into you, come to you. Right. It, 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 to know that you really don't want it is all you need to know. Okay. And then you can ask God to help me to want it. Because we can't make up. If you try to make yourself want it, it's false. It's not real. You're not going to get it. There has to be an inclination toward truth. And so you can know, you know what, God, I go to church every day and I listen to you know, all this stuff, but I don't really want it. I'm satisfied. You know, cause me to want it, and he will. Because it's all spiritual. But do not fake it. Don't try to make yourself want it. It's enough to know that you don't want it. And a lot of people fake it. You know, they want, they, they, they pretend that they want it because everybody say, oh, you need to be a Christian or you need to be this way or that way. And now they start trying to make it happen and you're never going to get it that way. But if you can see that you don't have it or don't want it, that's the beginning of it, of receiving it. Um, any questions about that? No? I had, um... Did this help? Does this make sense? You gotta look quiet. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you get? Real fast, we have about a minute or two left. What are you getting from what's being discussed today? Um, just be still and pray about all your, your weaknesses or pride, ma madness, yeah. etc. Yeah, just the light. 
and just know there's nothing you can do about it. And then just be still and know him. I mean, he will come and take over. But as long as you think that you can do something about it, as long as, are we like 30 seconds before the thing is over? Or, I'm sorry? Commercial. Well, before, it's, it's commercial. before it goes into the commercial? And so we're done? And we get uh, Oh, then we have that. Oh, OK. That's when the announcement comes in. And I can make the announcement. Oh, OK. <laughs> Um, see, I always, I knew that after a while I realized there was nothing I could do to change myself. And I had tried and tried and tried. I did what the preacher said. I prayed in other tongues. You ever done that tongue thing? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> You're going to manage your way from his own apartment. Uh, <laughs> I had this white manager that I used to get up at 6 in the morning. I mean, early. <laughs> I used to be like going going at this tongue thing. And he was like, he would see me, he would see me leaving. He was like, Jesse, what's wrong with you? In the morning time. I'm like, I don't know, man. But just know there's nothing you can do. He just wants you to see that you're no good, that you are a sinner. You are no good. He doesn't want your ego to deceive you. No person can save you. Nobody love can do it or anything. And if you can rest in that and don't resent yourself for it, you can go free. But you got to give up the battle. You got to stop fighting. You got to stop deceiving yourself. And what are you getting from it? Um, a lot, actually. I'm dealing with uh, all the issues that you were talking about earlier. Yeah. And when you say you're dealing with it, you're trying to resolve those issues yourself? Uh, yeah, at the beginning. Yeah, don't try. Okay. It, if you're feeling pain from it, it's because you're wrong. You have the wrong relationship with those issues. You are not your issues, but because you're connected with your pride, you think that you're your issues too. We are not our challenges in life. We're not our issues. We're separated from that. But when you're an angry person, you attach yourself to your issues, and now you're trying to resolve them, and you can never do it. You just go from issue to issue to issue, then you die. But you can't, it's enough to see the reason that it's so difficult, because you're wrong. You have the wrong nature. And just let the issues be, and you be quiet, and do that prayer, and God will take it. He will resolve it. And it's so easy that way. It's much easier. Because you cannot resolve your issues. You can't change yourself. Yes. Well, real quick, the issue, one, an issue I have lately is, I mean, it's come stronger to me, is uh, knowing that I shouldn't believe or follow into a thought or a feeling. But, and be, I'm nervous about that. I, there's some that, that pass by and it's no problem. But there's others that just, I just do them. And um, I do them or say them. Yeah. And um, that's got me perplexed, you know, like, I wish I could let all that stuff go. If you can learn to doubt your thoughts, then you can believe the truth. You know how Adam doubted the truth, and he believed the lie when Eve came to him? And Adam used to love truth and know truth and believe truth. He could only believe truth. But Eve made him doubt the truth. And when he doubted the truth, he believed into a lie, and then he was controlled by that lie. That's why Christ had to come, the truth had to come, so that we can doubt the lie now and believe truth, then you'll be fine. And your imagination is the lie. If you could doubt every thought you get, the ones that say you have deep thoughts, the one that says this, you're bad or that you're good, if you could just doubt that, you'll be fine. Because you're not gonna get a true thought. One thing I love about this, what I'm telling you, uh, once you come into it, your, your talent's gonna come out, everything that was meant for you will be. We have a young man that, that went through our home program, our barn program, Mensa, you guys know Mensa, right? And I've known Mensa since he was about 12 or 13 years old. You know, he lived in Oregon, then he moved into the home. And since he was a little kid, he's always wanted to write, write. He wanted to write a book. He wanted to write, he's been writing all his life. Mr. cannot spell his way out of a paper bag. <laughs> his grammar and English is all over the place. But he never gave up on writing. And so he went on the computer and, and, and just still writing. He's working two jobs. 
he finally, after all these years, he's published his first book. It just came out this week. And it's called uh, Dreams, Haunting, Nightmares, and Alternative Reality. Alternative Reality. It's a very good book. And I, we're going to tell you guys how to get it later, but it's excellent. Make sure you pray. Thank you, guys. Thank you. For more information or to purchase a copy of this show, visit us on the web at www.bondinfo.org or call 1-800-411-BOND. You're already home.